Praise the Lord, everyone. So good to be in the house of the Lord again this morning. Amen. Truly, our Lord is good. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be lifted this morning. The psalmist says in Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved them out of all his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him and deliver them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lion do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall want no good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desired life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and deliver them out of all their trouble. The Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart, uh, and save such as be of a contract spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemed the soul of his servants, uh, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Amen. So we've got a promise from God. Amen. We can stand on the promises of God. Amen. I Thank God. Amen. He knows what I'm going through. He knows where I'm at. He knows what I'm facing. He knows everything about me. And so I don't have to wear when things goes wrong because Jesus uh, filled my heart with a song. It's amazing what praising can do. Amen. There's an old song that says, the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary is the blood that gives me strength from day Today it will never lose his power, for it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley 
Oh, yes, it is the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose his power, for it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, yes, it is the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It soothes my doubts and it calms my fears. That same sweet blood dries all of my tears is the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power for it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, yes, it is a blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose his power. God, I praise you. Oh, God, I thank you for your blood this morning. Oh, God, it will never lose its power. Oh, God, the blood that you shed for me way back on Calvary. Oh, God, it will never lose its power. Oh, God, and I'm thankful for the blood that washes me whiter than snow. I'm thankful for the blood that cleanses, uh, the blood that delivers, the blood that saves. Uh, oh, I am so thankful, God, for your loving kindness, for your tender mercies over us today. I pray, God, uh, that you would continue to guide us, uh, that you would continue to love us, that you would continue to lead us uh, like none other, God. I truly appreciate you today. Amen. Praise God. What a mighty God we do serve. What an awesome God he is. And his great love reaches deeper than we can ever fathom. Amen. Praise God. Let me encourage you today. Amen. Don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your hope in God. Amen. You can still believe God and he will come through. Amen. For us. Amen. We hold to his promises. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again this morning, and we want to get right into our discipleship lesson. We've been talking, amen, from the epistles of John, amen, the first John, amen. We was in 
the third chapter. And last week I told you it seems like God has me uh, in this holding pattern. And, and you know, and, and I don't know if you've ever flew in an airplane or not, but sometimes when the pilot wants to land, the tower would tell him, you can't land right now. You've got to hold out in a holding pattern. And, and so those planes are out there circling around going round and round, and they're waiting for their opportunity uh, to be given clearance to land. And I haven't got clearance yet from the Lord that it's time for me to land. So I'm going to hold into this pattern because I believe there's something in this book that God is trying to enfold to us. He's trying to show us the treasures, the deep treasures. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man uh, traveling and he comes across a field and he finds a treasure and he goes and sells everything he has so he can buy that field because there's a treasure in that field. I come to tell somebody today, amen, there's treasure in here. There's something deep and profound that's in here for your life that God is trying to get us to dig, dig, dig a little deeper, the old Christian song says, and, and pull it out and un- and get it out of there. Amen. So you can see how it applies to your heart and see how it applies to your mind and see how it applies to your thoughts. Amen. Because God is wanting to prepare us for that heavenly place. And we know that sin cannot enter there. We know bitterness in our hearts cannot get us there. Amen. We've got to have righteousness. As we saw in First John 3.10, John says, And this is manifest the children of God and the children of the devil. Amen. If we don't do right, amen, we're not of God. And if we don't love our brother, we're not of God. So we've got to get our hearts and our minds clear of all evil and wrongdoing uh, that has we may be harboring inside of us. One of the things we find, I, I find, as I search the Scripture with Esau, the Bible says Esau could not find repentance, though he sought for it with tears, uh, I believe was because of the fact that the matter was he still had bitterness in his heart. I'm still trying to figure out how people can say they're repenting of their sins. They're going to the altar constantly, but yet they're still harboring bitterness uh, in their hearts against others, against their brothers, or, or against their parents, or against somebody. They still have that bitterness in their hearts. And we cannot say that we're God's children and we're harboring bitterness in our hearts. Amen. Because God is a God of love. And so John tell us, amen, that we've got to learn how to do what is right. Jesus says, if we don't forgive others, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. Amen. And so I want to be forgiven. When I go to God, I want my heart right. I want my heart pure. I want to be right. Amen. All the time. Because if I'm not right in my own heart, then how can I expect others to be right? Amen. So we've got to get this thing right. Praise God. The Bible tells us not to be like Cain, amen, who hated his brother because his his deeds was right and his was evil. Amen. Don't hate other people because they're doing right. Learn to love people. Seek out and find out what they're doing right and why they're doing right so that it can help you to grow and your areas of life. Sometimes people are put in our pathway. God may put people in our pathways to show us the right way and the right things. I'm a firm believer that every story 
in the Bible is for me. Every story that's written in the Bible, whether it's Moses, David, Samuel, Saul, you know, whoever, it was written for me for, for to learn how to live right and to do right. Amen. That's why Paul says the things was written for was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture can find hope. Amen. We don't want to be like Cain. We don't want to be like Esau. Amen. Esau went and he, he repented. It says, but he couldn't find repentance, though he saw fought with tears, because in his heart, he says, as soon as he got up, I'm going to kill my brother. You know, we cannot be a murderer in our hearts. Jesus says, you know, if we even think about killing somebody, we become murderers. If we even look on a woman, you know, to lust at our heart, we become idolaters. We, we've got to realize what Jesus is trying to get us to see through these words. Amen. So John here is trying to enlighten us a little bit. Now, we, we're calling this, this lesson, the, you know, our discipleship class. And so to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we are students, our pupils, we are learning. And Jesus, if you never notice this in scripture, the only thing Jesus says that people will know that you are his disciples is by one thing. Love. That's the only thing in Scripture Jesus says people will recognize us as his disciples by is love. Now, granted, there are other passages of Scripture that tell us that if we are his disciples, that we should bear fruit. Amen. That we should, uh, you know, obey his commandments and obey his word if we're his disciples. Amen. So, but the only thing he says that people will recognize us by as being his disciples is love. So don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. It's got to be love. You've got to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. And you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says on these two, two commandments hangs all the laws and the prophets. Paul says in Ephesians 5 that no man ever hated his own self, but he cherisheth and he, you know, he loveth. He, 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 he builds it up. He takes care of it. Amen. And so therefore, as the disciples of Jesus Christ, we have got to love what God loves. We've got to love. The Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. And John goes on there in First John chapter 3, verse 14. He says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Notice, we pass now from death. You who was dead, Paul says in Ephesians 2, and your trespasses and sins have he quickened together with him by grace are you saved. Notice, we pass from death to life. Amen. Because we love the brethren. If I have harbored hate in my heart, if I don't love my brothers or my sisters, I'm still dead. I'm still in my trespasses and my sins. Because Paul says, if this gospel is hid in 2 Corinthians 3, 4, 3, if this gospel is hid, is hid to them who's lost. 
in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest in the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The gospel is the death, the veil, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. Amen. And he lives forevermore. When we repent of our sins, amen, if I say that I have repented of my sins, then that means I died to the things of wrong. All the things of wrong I have died to, and now I shall live unto Christ. If we, Paul says in Colossians 3, if we be risen with Christ, then seek those things where above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Amen. Therefore, he says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. We have passed from death now to life. This is why the book of Revelation says, if we've had part and the first resurrection, the second death has no power over us. We pass, amen, from death to life. We're living. Jesus came to give us life, amen, and that more abundantly. John, Paul says in Romans 6, we have risen to walk in newness of life, amen. We cannot continue, amen, in the old way. We don't go back, amen. As Peter says, as the dog returned to his vomit, uh, we don't go back as the hog in the mud pen. We stay clean. We stay pure. As Jude tell us, uh, amen, keep yourselves uh, in the love of Christ, beloved, looking for and hasting for the soon appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul's, uh, Peter says. And he says, if you're looking for such, make sure that you're found of it. Amen. We've got to keep ourselves. We've passed from death. Amen. I'm thanking God, amen, that he brought me out of the Mari clay. Put my feet on a solid rock uh, and establish my goings. Amen. So we've got to realize that if we pass now from death to life, we've got to live. You've got to live the way the Word of God tells you to live. You are His. You are no longer the world. You saw the wrong that you were doing. You saw the evil that was provided to you. And so as a result, uh, Paul says, we heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation. We will seal with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the inheritance of the purchased possession. The Holy Ghost was given to us to let us know now that Christ dwelleth in us, and the Spirit will lead us and guide us and bring us to all truth. And so therefore, my brothers and sisters, we got to realize that we're not dead. We're alive. Amen. So you've got to get up. Uh, you can't sit there in a depressive state. Uh, you can't sit there, amen, and be concerned about all the foolishness of the world. Your life is hid in Christ. Uh, as the psalmist says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Praise God. He gives his angels charge over us. Praise God. We pass from death. To life. We're living. We're living creatures. Amen. We're not dead. 
God's not dead. God's alive. Amen. We're, we're, if I say I'm born again, then I'm supposed to be excited about this new life. Praise God. Hallelujah. And John goes on here. He says, whosoever hate his brother is a murderer. Now we're not going to hate our brothers. And we know that no murderer have eternal life abiding in him. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. You've got hate in your heart. It's not there. You don't have eternal life. Jesus is not there. Praise God. So you need to realize that. That's why Paul says you need to examine yourself. You need to prove your own self. He says, know you not how that Christ is in you except you be a reprobate. He says, but I trust that you know you're not a reprobate. God, if God is in you, then there is no murder in you. You do not kill with your tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if you're a gossiper, you're killing your brother. Amen. If you're a gossiper, you're talking bad about people, you're murdering your people. You're murdering other people by your tongue. And so therefore, you've got to learn how to do right. You need to edify. You need to build up. You know, when Paul and Silas came into the church, the leader says, my brothers, if you have any words of exhortation, say all. you got to edify. We've got to vivify. We've got to enlighten. We've got to bring understanding. And so that's what John is trying to get us to see in this epistle. They're trying to give us understanding as the church. Whether I'm reading in Paul's letters to the church, whether I'm reading Peter's letters to the church, whether I'm reading James' letter to the church, whether I'm reading Titus' letter that Paul wrote to Titus, whether it's the book of Revelation, amen, is for the edifying of the body of Christ uh, to let us know how we should live according to God's word, according to God's doctrine, according to God's truth, and according to what God says. That's all they are doing is they're telling us in their writing what God's doctrine is, what God says we should do, and how we should live. Amen. That's why Jesus told his disciples, I have given you an example. I have made known to you the things uh, that you should know that you should teach others. That's why Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.3, he says, I left you in Ephesus that you may charge some that they preach no other doctrine. Amen. The doctrine of Jesus Christ, amen, must be expound so that people understand because God is a God of love. That's what they're trying to let us to see. That's what John says in 1 John 4.8, that God is love. And he says, Beloved, if God loved us, uh, then we ought to love one another. Amen. we got to realize the value of this thing called love. Amen. You you stop in the world and you listen to all the country western songs, all the songs, soul songs they call, you know, is all about trying to teach people about love. You know, that's what they all talk about. You know, you, you listen to them. I remember when I was in the world, that's what it was all about. You know, they try to talk about love, you know, but they see love in a different format, in a different way. But they was trying to get people to understand that love is, is key and important. Amen. Because if you say, I love you, then it, it, it should be for real. It should not be a fake love. It shouldn't be just temporarily. 
Amen. Love is eternal. God is the eternal God. Amen. God never, amen, turns his back on us. If somebody says that you think God is far away, you need to guess who moved. Amen. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. When God says he loved us, God meant he loved us. Praise God. So it's not God's fault if all kinds of evil things happen to you. You know, you need to wake up and smell the coffee brewing and get back to the pot. Amen. Because God is not going to change. He's a faithful God. That's why Paul told Timothy, this is a faithful seven, saying, if we be dead with him, we're going to live with him. Amen. If we deny him, he's going to deny us. That's just a given. You know, we need to realize this. Now, notice verse 16. Let's go into this holding pattern. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Wait a minute. Who laid down his life for us? God. God laid down his life for us. Now, when you look at the original manuscript, the word God is not there. Amen. If you got a King James Bible, amen. But they they put it in there because... The writer wanted us to understand, to know who they were talking about. Amen. So when did God die? God didn't die. Flesh died. Amen. We need to understand this. But he's talking about Jesus Christ. This is why Paul would write in 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. Amen. You see, they are letting us understand here who died. For God so loved the world. Amen. That he gave. Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. Uh, when you go back to the prophet of Isaiah 7:14, Isaiah says, Amen. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth the son and call his name Emmanuel. Amen. And Isaiah 9, 6, uh, he says, Unto us uh, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Uh, and his name shall shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, uh, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince uh, of all peace. Uh, Now look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. Uh, Now the birth of Jesus Christ uh, was on this wise, uh, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, Because they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to put her away privately, example, a public example, he was mindful to put her away privately, excuse me. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. 
and she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, uh, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Notice what it says there in verse 23. Amen. That she brought forth her firstborn son. Amen. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Amen. We need to understand what is transpiring here. We need the interpreter. Amen. We need to have the interpretation of what was spoken. And that's why Isaiah, amen, has said that the same passage, that his name would be called Emmanuel. But Matthew says, I got to give you the interpretation of what that name meant. Uh, And that name meant God uh, is with us. And that's why Paul says, and without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back in the glory. You see, and that's what the apostles are trying to do here. They're trying to give us interpretation. They're trying to open our understanding. They're trying to enlighten us as to who Jesus Christ was so that we have an understanding, so that we understand the value and the importance of love so we can fulfill the scripture that was originally from the beginning. That's what John says, that which was from the beginning. You've heard it from the beginning, and that you heard from the beginning was you ought to love one another. That was from the beginning, he says here. And so he says, here's how we perceive the love of God. God died for us. Wow. You get the perception. They say that perception is what? Nine-tenths of the law? That means that if you've got a piece of property and, and there's no other documentation and nobody can come forth, and say that it's theirs, that means if you've got it, it's yours. That possession, that means you got it, it's yours. Amen. I don't find any other documentation that lets me know how much God loves me than this in Calvary. Praise God. So I've got a hold of it. So that means it's mine. <laughs> you can come and says it's yours, but it's mine. I'm holding to it. I'm clinging to this. Amen. I'm not going to let it go. I perceive the love of God. Praise God. The Bible says in this, the perception, and here's how we perceive the love of God. Praise God. That God died for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. Paul, right into the church at Rome, in the fifth chapter, 
Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. Paul says, for when we were without strength and due time, Christ died for the Notice. Who died? Christ. Well, John says, God died. <laughs> you got to have the understanding. You got to have that interpretation. You've got to have the knowledge of what is being talked about and who's been talked about here. God was robed in flesh. Amen. So when we were without strength, when we did not have the power, when we did not have the abilities, Christ died for us, he says. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet by chance or prevention for a good man, some would even dare to die. But I like this. But God. Ha <laughs> ha. But God commended his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Jesus died for you and I. He went to Calvary. Amen. So that you and I could live. And we need to perceive and understand this, uh, that God was willing to sacrifice uh, from the creation. Amen. He made a plan to come uh, and to redeem us. Amen. From that which has had us bound uh, from years on end, the sins of this world. But God uh, has delivered us. Uh, praise God. He came to redeem his church. He redeemed his church by his blood. And John says, we perceive the love of God, amen, by his death on the cross for us. That's why it don't make sense to people in the world, amen, that one would die for another. It doesn't make sense, amen. People think you're crazy if you die for someone else. But we should love the brethren. Praise God. Hallelujah. Notice what Paul write into the church at Galatians, chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Amen. Give you a second to get there. Galatians, chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Paul says, The grace be unto you in peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Who gave himself for our sins that we might, he might deliver us. From the, this present and evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever. Notice, he gave himself for us. Amen. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteous and godly in this present world. Amen. The grace be unto you, Paul says, in peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul told the church at Corinth uh, and the 12th chapter and the 3rd verse, uh, he says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit called Jesus a curse, uh, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Spirit of God, amen, should be in us to be a true cross-bearer. Amen. We've got to have the love of God. We've got to be moved and driven 
by the love of God. We've got to be controlled uh, by the love of God. Uh, We've got to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength here. Amen. And we've got to love our neighbor as ourselves. How do we perceive the love of God? Amen. He laid down his life. Praise God for us. He put it down that he may take it again. Amen. As the songwriter says, oh, how he loved you and me. He gave his life. What more could he do? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. What else could he do to prove that he loved us? What what else can a person do? Amen. That, you know, when you get married, you take those marriage vows. You says, unto death do us part, and good times, and bad times, and richness, and poor. Amen. You are saying when you take those vows that this is how much I really do love you. I am willing to be with you when you're sick. I'm willing to be with your well. I'm being willing to be with you. Amen. If I got money or if I don't got money, I'm willing to be with you in the good times and the bad times. Uh, That's what the vows are saying. And that's what we're saying when we come to Jesus. Uh, When we come to Jesus, we are saying, Jesus, uh, I'm going to love you with all my heart, uh, with all my mind, uh, with all my soul, uh, because you was willing to, to sacrifice for me. And no matter if it's good, no matter if it's bad, no matter if I got money or I don't got money, I'm going to still love you with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my soul. Amen. Because nothing is better than you. Praise God. He's good that way. Hallelujah. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us, Titus says. Praise God. Oh, Lord, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Amen. It don't make sense that such one would die. But God commended His love towards us, and while we was yet sinners, He died for us. Paul says in Romans 8, verse 9, And if Christ be in you, The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And John says, this is how we know that we pass from death to life. Amen. We have passed from death to life. Sin isn't there anymore. Amen. We don't practice sin. We don't live in sin. We don't pursue sin. We pursue holiness and we pursue righteousness and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Amen. You, 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 I hear people say all the time, you know, that we're all sinners. Well, I don't know about that. You know, if I'm still a sinner, then, man, I've got serious issues. You know, I've got some, I, you know, I, how can I say I'm a Christian and, and still say I'm a sinner? You know, it doesn't pass the common sense test. You know, you know, I might have some, some things that I'm, I'm facing and I'm going through in my life and 
there may be some herders that I haven't gotten over yet, but I'm not sinning. Amen. I'm keeping my mind stayed on him. Because if I got sin in my heart and if I'm still a sinner, guess what? I might as well, if this COVID-19 take me out, then I have one place looking for me. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's, that's hell. <laughs> But the Bible tells me I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. And I, I, I better go back to verse 10. Amen. You better read verse 10 again. Amen. And John 3.10, because if you're not right uh, and you are not loving your brother, you do not belong to Christ. Uh, and so maybe that's why you're sinning and maybe that's why sin is getting a hold of you and you think you're constantly a sinner is because you're not doing right. You gotta wake to righteousness, the Bible says, and sin not. Notice what Paul says. Amen. And first Corinthians. Amen. He says, wake to, to sin, uh, wake to righteousness and sin not for some have not, uh, the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Notice first Corinthians 15, 34. Notice first Corinthians 15, 34. He says, awake to righteousness. You need to get up on the right side of the bed. <laughs> you know, you need to get up every morning in your heart and in your mind saying, I'm going right. I'm not going to do wrong. I'm, I'm going to do right. I'm going to live right. I'm going to be right uh, because my God is right. Amen. He's not a God of wrong. He's a God of right. And you've got to learn how to do what is right. And you know how to do is right. If the Holy Ghost is in you, all you've got to do is just get up and think in your mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm going to do right. Uh, I'm going to be right. I'm going to serve right. I'm going to live right. I'm I'm going to keep my vows. I'm going to do exactly right. So Paul says here, he says, wake the righteous and do what? Sin not. Don't sin. Purpose you're not going to sin. Amen. In your life. Praise God. If you slip up and say something wrong or do something wrong by accidentally, you can repent. And then you don't do it again. But don't walk around and say, I'm a sinner. And you've been born again. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. You need to get in the mindset of lifting your voice and says, I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a child of Jesus. My God is right, uh, and I'm going to live right. Uh, I'm going to do right. Uh, I'm going to be right. Uh, amen. And all that I do. Amen. So wake up. Uh, amen. And start doing what is right and sin not. Notice what he says here. Because some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak that to your shame. So if you walk around and talk about you're a sinner, that's a shame to tell the world that you are still a sinner and you're supposed to be a child of God. Praise God. Wake up. Hereby we perceive the love of God. He died. Did you die or you didn't? Did you just get wet in the waters of baptism? You buried the old guy. You've got to live right. You've got to be right. You've got to do right. Sin should not be there. Paul says, uh, if the spirit of him that dwelleth in you, amen, raised up Jesus from the dead, 
He that raised up Christ shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the same Spirit that's in you. Praise God. Here, here it is. Amen. We've got to live right. You can't perceive God loving you if you've got hate in your heart. You've got to love, John Paul says. Praise God. Notice what I'm going to finish with this for this lesson. This one. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through uh, 34. I'm going to read this real quick so we can bring this to a... Uh, can't land. We're still going to be in a holding pattern until next week. <laughs> Praise God. Verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Let's love one another. Let's provoke people to love one another. Let's teach them how to love. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. I know the coronavirus got us separated, but we're joined together in the spirit and in the body of Christ all over the world. See? Just because you're not in this building doesn't mean we are not together. If you're praising God, if you're wording, reading your word, if you're praying, if you're doing what God is saying, hey, we're, we're still in the body. I don't care if you're in Georgia or Alabama or Minnesota or if you cross over in Asia or Africa and Europe and the Middle East or wherever you are. We're together. We're one. Jesus Christ is one. We're one. So don't forsake the assembly. So get up out the bed on Sunday morning and Wednesday night and get into the Bible study. Get into the church. You, you'll still be here. Amen. Together. Assembling together. We're still assembling. Amen. Together. And much more as you see the day approaching. The day is coming. Amen. <laughs> it's coming. Amen. For we sin willingly. After that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. Guess what? There is no more sacrifice for sins. God God ain't dying again. Amen. Jump down to verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. So, beloved... We got to get it together. Amen. Wake to righteousness and sin not. Amen. For some have not the knowledge of Christ. Father, I praise you. I glorify you again this morning, O God, and I thank you for your word. Let it be in my heart, O God, that I will not sin against thee, but I will live holy, I will live right, and I will live pure. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. We're going to take about a 10-minute break, and we'll come back at 1030. Amen. For the next portion. Amen. Please join us. Contact your friends. Contact your neighbors. Contact all everybody you know and tell them to get online, to get on board, get in the ship. Amen. Come on in the house. Amen. In Jesus' name.